Hey, what's up everyone? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daflamid Dalad of Masechta Erevin. Um, so, spending Shabbos on a dove coat with an Eruv that is greater than um, 10 Tfachim tall. No, wait, actually, that should probably be lower than 10 Tfachim tall. Yeah, let's go with lower than 10 Tfachim tall. Okay? So, spending Shabbos on a dove coat with an Eruv that's lower than 10 Tfachim. Alright. Putting an Erev on a reed. Um, can you put your Erev on a reed? I don't know. Um, stick around and you can find out, I guess. Uh, an Erev in a closet of bricks that are, uh, well, let, let's, but you lost the key. That, that's kind of the important part. So you got, you have an Erev in a closet, you lost the key. So does it count as an Erev? After all, how are you going to get in? Chavra, we're on Daf Lamadal Amud Aleph. Four lines into the page. Eisve, we have a kasha. What was the last thing we said? That Rabbi Yirmiya's opinion was that if you have a basket, if you have a piece of basket, and in the basket is your eruv, and now the basket is above ten tefachim, so it's keilu in a rishus hayachid. Now Rabbi Yirmiya says that you can pull it down to within ten tefachim, and now problem solved, and now it's a good. Um, so now the Gemara asks the Kasha and Rabbi Yirmiyah Eisve. If a person was intending to spend Shabbos in Rosh Hashanah and he put his Eruv on the wall, the Matam Tfachim, and it was within ten Tfachim of the ground, Eruv or Eruv, it's a good Eruv, right? Because he's in Rosh Hashanah, his Eruv is in Rosh Hashanah, all good. If the Eruv is above ten Tfachim, so then it is not a good Erev, because his Erev is in Rosh Hashayachid, and he's in Rosh Hashayachid. If he intended to spend Shabbos on top of a dovecote, or or on top of some kind of a closet. Okay, look, now, this closet is tall. It's basically, it's on Rosh Hashayachid. It is 10 Tfachim tall. It is 4 Tfachim by 4 Tfachim. That is where you're spending Shabbos. Um, fine. So in this case, if the Erev is on the wall above 10 Tfachim, it's a good Erev because he and his uh, Erev are both in Rishos HaYachid. But if the Erev is below 10 Tfachim, then it's not a good Erev because the Erev is in Rishos HaRabim. He's in Rishos HaYachid. How come? Uh, what's the problem? Even if the Erev is below 10 Tfachim, what should be the problem? Right, let's make Rabbi Yirmiya's argument, just like he says by the basket, you could, you know, kind of tilt it into or pull it down into ten tfachim. So here also, you could take this closet or this dovecote and you could tilt it so that the top of it is now within ten tfachim of the ground, in which case you'll be in Rishusa, the, the, the closet will be within Rishusa Rabbim, the air will be within Rishusa Rabbim. So what is the big deal? Rabbi Yirmiya says, I mean, theoretically you could do that. Theoretically you could tilt the closet so it's within 10 Tfachim, just like the Arab. But there's a problem. In this particular case, the uh, closet was nailed to the wall. So you just, you, you couldn't do it and you're just stuck with what you got, which is the um, dovecote or the closet is uh, 10 Tfachim by 10 Tfachim. It's 4 Tfachim by 4 Tfachim wide. It is a Rishos um, HaYachid. And the Erev is in Rishos The thing is nailed into the wall. 
There's nothing you can do to change this, and therefore you it's not a good error. Fine. Rava Amar Rava says, I can even make the argument that the closet is not nailed to the wall. Alright, well then why don't I tilt it? The thing here is that the closet is very long. And therefore the Mamtile Porta that if you were to tilt the um closet so that the top of it will be within 10 tvachim of the ground, well, it will also be more than four amas away from the Erev. And um, therefore, it would be a problem to carry the um, food from where it is on the wall to where the top of the closet is um, where you're spending Shabbos because we just, it's long, so therefore it's more than four amas away. Um, okay, there are other questions about what about if you just kind of like move it four amas by four amas, you know, four amas at a time, whatever. But that's what Rava says, that it's too tall and therefore um, you'll be too far away if you tilt it. Now, hey Chidami, we have a question about this closet. Now the Gemara has one more detail, which is uh, one second. If theoretically this closet, there was like a window in it, and by way of the window, you could put a rope through the window and then tie it on one end to the food. And then if you have a rope that you're holding on one end and it's tied to the other end on the food, uh, to the food, well, technically speaking, it would be considered like it's with you in Rishus Hayachid. You know, it would only be an issue midr abonan, um, and therefore ein shvus ben ashmashos. So then, um, it should be acceptable. So my answer is, well, it's not talking about where you have a rope that's tied to the food through a window that you're holding onto on top of a closet. Okay. So if your Erev is in a pit, well, even if the pit is 100 amos deep, it is still a good Erev. So, hi, Bor, Dekai Hecha. The Gemara says, what is the deal with this pit? I don't understand. Let's read that again. So if we're talking about where the pit is in Rosh Yachid, okay? Let's say, your backyard or something, okay? I don't know, some, some, some Rosh Yachid. And the Erev is in this Rosh Yachid. Or it doesn't have to be your backyard. I don't know, you're in the middle of, I don't know, you're in the middle of the two cities, 2,000 amas away. You make your Erev Tchumen. Now there's, I don't know, maybe over there, there's like some kind of, um, uh, enclosed area. Maybe they made it so, as a designated place for people to make the Arabs. I don't know. Whatever it might be. So, there's some Rosh Hashayachid there. And in that Rosh Hashayachid, there's a really deep pit. But the fact of the matter is, you're in Rosh Hashayachid. The pit is Rosh Hashayachid. It's all just Rosh Hashayachids. So, um, that should be okay. It's not like they're owned by two different people. So, so if it's in Rosh Hashayachid, so Pshita obviously would be a good Erev. Why do I need the Mishnah to tell me that it's a good Erev? Rosh Hashayachid Ola Ad Lerakia. We know that Rosh Hashayachid extends upwards indefinitely. So, Pshayachid Desalka Le'el, just like it goes up indefinitely, Hachinami Denachta Desata, but also goes down indefinitely. So therefore, you have uh, Rosh Hashayachid and it's going down into the pit indefinitely. And therefore, it's all just one Rosh Hashayachid. Vel Dukai Rosh Hashayachid. Okay, so let's say that the pit is in a Rishusa Rabim. Then it's Gavin Lishbosecha. But if the pit is in Rishusa Rabim, well, where is he planning to spend Shabbos? If he's intending to spend Shabbos in Rishusa Rabim, well, obviously it's going to be a problem because the pit is Rishusa Yachid, right? It's Tentfachim by Tentfachim. 
you know, it's ten tefachim deep, four tefachim by four tefachim wide. So the pit is Rishus Hayachid. He's in Rishus Harabim. Obviously, that's not going to work. Ilamata, and if he's spending Shabbos in the pit, or Pshita, obviously it will work. Uveiru Makom Echad. He is spending Shabbos with his Erev. Of course, that'll be a good Erev. Lo Tzricha Dekayi B'Karmelis. So the Chiddush of the Mishnah is that it's talking about a pit that is even a hundred amos deep, but it is in a Karmelis. Now Karmelis, of course, is uh, is a Rishus Derabanan. We don't, we don't transfer from a Karmelist to Rishus Ayachid or to Rishus Arabim. We don't carry in a Karmelist, right? We, we, we treat it as its own Rishus. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's Midir Abanan. So, and he intended to have Shabbos, to make Shabbos in the Karmelist. And his Erev is in this Rishus Ayachid pit. Now, the Rebbe, this is according to Rebbe, the Amar, Rebbe says that anything that's a shvus, what would be the shvus here? Transferring from the pit, which is a rishus to where he's spending Shabbos up, up, up top in the Carmelis. Uh, and now on Shabbos, you can't travel, you can't carry between the two. Um, however, during Ben Ashmashos, where it's only also because of a shvus, it would be uh, acceptable according to Rebbe. And therefore, at that point, you would be able to take your Arab from the pit to where you are in the Carmelis, and therefore it is an acceptable Erev. That is what the Mishnah is saying. New Mishnah. If you take an, uh, your Erev food and you put it on top of a reed, or on top of a pole, if you had already um, separated this reed from the ground and then put it back in the ground, even if the um, reed is 100 amas tall, it is still a good Erev. Okay, and it's talking about where um, the bottom of it is not 4 tfachim by 4 tfachim, and therefore it's not considered a Rishosa Yachid. Okay? Um, okay, so we say that if you have this reed and... Um, Okay, so if you have this reed and it's already been pulled out of the ground, so it's like not like a tree that's like connected to the ground. So it's been pulled out of the ground, you put it back in the ground. So we say that you're allowed to use it as an Erev. Okay, Seder. Okay, says the Gemara, Ramilei Rav Adar Barmasna L'Ravah. So Rav Adar Barmasna asked Rav, one second, Talush V'Notes in Lo Talush V'Lo, whoa, Lo Talush V'Notes Lo. So Rav Adar Barmasna asks Rav, one second, our Mishnah says that specifically uh, um, you can make an Erev on this reed because it's already been pulled out of the ground, which implies that if it wasn't yet pulled out of the ground, so then you would be unable to use it as an Erev. Why if it was never pulled out of the ground, i.e. if it's still connected to the ground, was never harvested or whatever, so you wouldn't be allowed to use it as an Erev. Why not? Money, who's that? Rabbanan he. That sounds like it's the rabbis. That anything that's a shvos, it's an issue benashmashos. Meaning, if this reed is still connected to the ground, okay, so then it's basically considered like a tree. Now, Rebbe had said that, you know, there's no problem making an Erev in a tree, because the only issue would be that you can't use a tree on Shabbos. But during benashmashos, it would be okay. Because there's no shvuz ben hashmashos. Now, if we're saying that you're only allowed to use this reed when it's pulled out of the ground, that implies that if it's still connected to the ground, you wouldn't be able to use it. Well, that doesn't sound like Rebbe's opinion. That sounds like the rabbi's opinions. Right? V'amad Reisha, Rebbe. 
But we were saying that the previous mission, which was talking about trees, is Rabbi. Reisha, Rabbi, Besefer, Abanan? The Reisha, where we say that you're allowed to make an Erev in a tree, you know, as long as it's within Ten Tfachim. So, and that whole discussion over there. But we said that that was Rabbi. We said that the only issue would be using the tree, and using the tree during Benesh Mashas is okay. But now we're saying that you can only make an Erev in this reed if it's detached from the ground. Because if it was attached from the ground, it would be an issue because you'd be using a tree. That's the rabbis. How could it possibly be that the Reisha is the rabbis, that the previous, I'm sorry, that the previous mission is Rebbe and this mission is the rabbis? We have to be consistent. So Amalei, so Rav answered Rav, uh, Ravada Barmasna, and he said, Rami Barchama already asked this question to, this question to Rav Chizda. Vishanilei, Reisha Rebbe, Vesefer Rabbanin, Rav Chizda answered Rami Barchama that the truth is, as crazy as it might be, in this case, the first Mishnah was Rebbe, and this Mishnah is the Rabbis. It's two different opinions over here. Okay? Ravina Amar Kula Rebbe, whereas Ravina disagrees, and he says, no, the entire thing is Rebbe. Just like the previous Mishnah was Rebbe, this Mishnah is also Rebbe. Well, if that's the case, then when this reed is attached to the ground, how come you'd be unable to put an Erev there? So, we're concerned that in the case of a reed, it's much easier, you know, it's much more likely, it's so likely that, um, I guess it wouldn't even be a Davashin Muscovin. It sounds like right over here, when it comes to the read, even, even Rebbe would say that you'd be unable to make the Eruv on a read that's attached to the ground because you're certainly going to come to um, break the read and that would be an issue of, uh, what was it, um, harvesting, Kotzer? Okay, fine. There was soldiers, there were soldiers that came to Narda. Okay. Amulu of Nachman, so of Nachman who lived in Narda. So he said to the students, Poku go out, Avidu Kavushe Agma. Go out and prepare for us, right? Because the city was so packed with soldiers, Rav Nachman instructed his students, go out and prepare us a place to sit tomorrow on Shabbos. Right? Go and go to where the reeds are, flatten down the reeds, make us a place to sit. It won't be muks anymore, and it'll be fine, and we can sit there. And yesterday we'll, and, and tomorrow we'll go and we'll sit there and learn. Now the thing is that these reeds were still connected to the ground. So interestingly, Rav Nachman doesn't have an issue with the fact, uh, you know, have an issue with using these reeds that are connected to the ground. So so Rav Nachman asked Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman, some say it was Taka Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman, Asked of Nachman, Talush v'noutz in, lo talush v'lo noutz lo. Our Mishnah says that if you have a reed that is separate from the ground, you can use it for an Arab. If it's still connected to the ground, you can't. So therefore, over here, we have these reeds where we're planning to learn tomorrow, but they're still connected to the ground. How could we possibly go and learn there? So I'm the Hazim Be'ozradin. So if Nachman answered, our Mishnah that says that you would be unable to make an Eruv on a reed that's still connected to the ground, that is talking about a reed that is hard. And because it's hard, it will, it will likely break. However, when it comes to um, where we're going to sit, they are softer reeds and they're not going to break, and that's why it would be acceptable. And how do we know that we differentiate between hard reeds and soft reeds? The Tanya is we learn in the Brayis Akonin reads ve'atadon ve'ahigin and also atads and higins min ilan hein. There are types of trees 
and therefore they are not kilayim in a karim because we know that kilayim karim is for greens and grains is for uh, vegetables as well as for um, grains but not for trees but we have another verse that says akanim the reeds kidon urbanin as well as kasha and osiers alright and they are types of vegetables and they are Kilaim and Karim because they're vegetables. So one second, the first Bryce has said that reeds are considered trees. The second Bryce has said that reeds are considered vegetables. Make up your mind, Bryce says. So Kasha Adade, they are problematic, they contradict each other. Rather we learn from here. So it must be that they're considered trees when they're hard and they're considered vegetables when they're soft. Alright, fine. Vikida min Yeriku. One second, is Kida, what did we say Kida was? Um, kasha? Are they really types of vegetables? We learn in a Mishnah. We don't mix um, rue together with um, kasha. Because the rue is considered vegetables. And uh, planting it together with kasha would be planting vegetables together with trees. So it looks like these kasha are considered trees, not vegetables. So Papa says no. The first bris was talking about kida. This is talking about kida levana. Those are two separate things. Kida is a tree. Kida levana is no. Kida is a vegetable. Uh, kida levana is a tree. Nisanu b'migdal. If you put your erev in some kind of a um, closet, b'avadam avtech, and you lost the key, how is the erev? Nonetheless, it's a good erev. Rabbi Yezer Omer says Rabbi Yezer, im eno yodesh avtech mukomo eno erev. He doesn't know where the the key is. Well then, it's not a good Erev. Alright. Says the Gemara, How come this Erev is a good Erev? Right? The Tanakhama says that if you have an Erev in some kind of a closet and you lost the key to the closet, so you essentially can't get to the Erev to eat it because it's locked. So why is that an acceptable Erev? You can't actually eat it. So... He and his Erev are in two separate places. They can't get to one another. So Rav and Shmuel both say that here we're talking about a closet that is made out of bricks. Rav Mary, and it's Rav Mary's opinion, who says that you're allowed to break the break down the bricks, you know, you could totally just break down the bricks and then take out the contents, i.e. take out the Erev in this case. Ditznan, as we learn in the Mishnah, if you have some kind of a house that's filled with fruits, sasum, and yet it is completely um, closed. So you have a house filled with fruits, so you can't get to the fruits because it's completely sealed. Benifchas, but then the um, bricks, kind of, uh, they've got a breach in the wall. So then you're allowed to remove fruits by way of this breach in the wall that occurred. Now you wouldn't be able to do this but if the breach happened on its own, you'd be allowed to extract the fruits from the house. Whereas Mayor says you can actually break down the wall and, re- and extract the fruits from the house. So you're also, just like Rabbi Meir says, buy this house full of fruits that you could break the wall and take out the, the, the fruits. So you're also, you can break the um, closet and take out the Erev. Okay, fine. But Amr Rav Nachman Bar Ada Amr Shmuel. But Rav Nachman Bar Ada said in the name of Shmuel, Bavir Delivne. So one second, but didn't Rav, Rav Nachman Bar Ada say the name of Shmuel? That that was specifically by the house with the fruits. That was specifically talking about 
when the um, there was no cement between the bricks. So you're basically just like removing bricks very easily without any cement that weren't cemented together. So you're basically just removing some bricks. So so here also we're talking about a box that was an, a closet that was made with bricks that weren't cemented to each other. And that's why you're allowed to um, open up this box to get to the Erev. One second, didn't Reb Zerah say that that was specifically talking about on Yom Tif, where you're allowed to um, open up the um, house to get the fruits. So, okay, so here we're talking about where it's Yom Tif as well. So, uh, you have a box and it's Yom Tif, you have an Erev in the box, um, you lost the key, how are you going to get it? Well, just remove the bricks and get and get to the Erev, because it's Yom Tif and the bricks aren't cemented to each other or anything like that. Okay, but if that's the case, is this what Rabbi Eliezer taught? Is this what we taught in the Bryce? Rabbi Eliezer Omer, that Rabbi Eliezer says that if the uh, key got lost in the city, well then it's a good Eruv. But if the key got lost in a field, well then it is not a good Eruv. Now, if this is Yomtiv, if we are in fact talking about Yomtiv, well then what's the difference if the key got lost in the city or if the key got lost in the field? Either way, you'd be able to carry this key. You know, if you found it, you'd be able to carry this key in order to get your Erev. Because I guess, I guess it's probably for a Tzorach Ochel Nefesh. So you'd be allowed to carry it. So if that's the case, then what's the Nafkamina between the city and the field if it was Yomtiv? So, the Gemara answers, well, that, okay, we have to basically add a few words and kind of clarify a few things over here. Um, so, if you have your Erev, and the Erev is in some kind of a closet, and um, you lock the closet, and then you lost the key, all right? So, it is a good Erev. When is it a good Erev? It's a good Erev if it's Yomtev. Because, you know, whether it's, uh, because you could just, you know, if it's made out of bricks without any, um, uh, cement or anything, so you can just kind of like take down the bricks, take out your Erev, and eat it, no big deal. Fine. And, but if it's Shabbos, well then you wouldn't be able to dismantle the closet in order to extract the Erev. Fine. Nimsa Amafteach, what if the key was then found? So, so according to Tanakama, it makes no difference. Whether you found the key in the city, whether you found the key um, in the field, it makes no difference. Um, it's still not a good Erev because you have no way to transport it from where you found it to where your Erev is. Actually, if it's in the city, then it would still be a good. If you found the key in the city, then the Erev would be good. If you found the key in the field, then the Erev would not be good. So if he found the key in the city, so then um, his Erev would be good because Rabbi Eliezer is expressing the opinion that we've seen attributed to Reb Shimon, which is that um, you're allowed to move things by way of roofs and karpafs and chatzers. So therefore, if you found the key in the city, says Rabbi Ezra, it's no problem because um, you could just transport it 
to where the Erev is. However, Basadeh, Enerv or Erev Karabanan. But if you found this, the, the key in the field, so then um, it wouldn't be a good Erev, like the rabbis whose opinion is that in the field, you'd be unable to transport it um, anywhere, even if it's like a mitzvah or whatever. Apparently it's machlokas later on in terms of if you find tefillin. Um, all right, that was Daf Lamadalad of Masechta Erevin. So we started talking about spending Shabbos on a dove coat, um, which is about, which is a Rishus Hayachid, that's about, that's 10 Tfachim tall and 4 Tfachim by 4 Tfachim wide. And your Erev is less than 10 Tfachim from the ground. So your Erev is in Rishus Aram, you're in Rishus Hayachid. Rabbi Yirmiya says that, well, if the, if the, um, dove coat or the closet is nailed to the wall where the Erev is, well then, yeah, you're kind of stuck because you're in two different Rishus. But if you can kind of tilt it, then says Rabbi Yirmiya, I don't see why it should be a problem if you can tilt the closet and be in the same Rishus as your Erev. Rava says that it's talking about where the, uh, you know, so Rava says, look, if, if the, if the, if the closet is too tall, so that even if after you tilt it, it'll be more than four amas away, it's going to be a problem. But if it'll be within four amas, then it should be acceptable. Talk about putting an Erev on a reed. So Rava, Rava, so the thing is, the Mishnah said that, um, if the reed is connected to the ground, so then it wouldn't be an acceptable Erev. The question is, why not? What are we, are we, are we, uh, are we concerned about playing with the tree? I know we said that the first, you know, up until now, we didn't have an issue with playing with trees because we were going like Rebbe. Why all of a sudden are we having issues with trees? So it says Rav and Rav Chizda, while the, while the beginning was Rebbe, um, this part about the reeds is actually the Rabbanon who say that there is a problem with Shavos during Ben Hashmashos and therefore, um, and therefore during Ben Hashmashos, you'd be unable to, when the Erev kicks in, you'd be unable to, um, take the food from this reed. Ravina says, actually, you could say that both of them are Rebbe's opinion, which is that when it comes to reed, um, you are necessarily going to break it and you'll be, it'll be an issue of kotzer. So therefore you can't, even Rebbe, who says you can use trees, you, he says you'd be unable to use this reed. Um, we talked about when you have an Erev in a closet um, and you lose the key. So we say, well, if the closet is made out of bricks that are not cemented to each other, and we're talking about your Erev on Yom Tif, well, then you can just kind of dismantle the bricks and um, take out your Erev. However, if it's Shabbos, it's more complicated because you can't dismantle the bricks and take out the Erev. And therefore, according to Tanakam, you'd be unable to use this Erev. According to Abdiezer, there's actually a little bit of an Afkamina, which is that if you find it in the city, you would be able, if you find the key in the city, well, then you would be able to um, use the um the Erev would be good because you could transfer the key to where the Erev is and open up the box by way of uh, roofs and kaipafs and chotzers. Where, uh, however, Abiyelezer concedes that if the key was found in the field, there would be nothing that he could do. The Erev wouldn't be a good Erev because he can't transport the key to the where the Erev is. Um, all right, Cheva, um, have a great day. Peace.